anxiety. Anxiety. This is going to be a little bit different to how I've been speaking the last few episodes. Anxiety. When I hear me anxiety. First of all, how are you feeling today? How was life? How was this moment for you? Do you ever say me anxiety? If you do, I want you to think about something for a minute. Because I've just had a conversation and it makes me get a little bit passionate about what I want to say next. Um, when it comes to what anxiety is. And what this game of life is. And how much courage it requires for you to be listening to podcasts like this. So I want to acknowledge that first and foremost. And I want to call out some of the excuses that we use when it comes to me anxiety. Now this might not be you. But I trust that you will get something from it. Um, even if you even if you pass this part of your life and journey. And you understand that your anxiety is a creation of yours that has a root and is thoughts that once upon a time we began thinking about and then forgot that we created those thinking loops. Ultimately, at the crux of it, it's thought. Ultimately, at the crux of it, there's a root and we can completely and utterly not have it or navigate it, alchemize it, utilize it to our advantage. Nerves and excitement are very close together. There's an old saying, fear is excitement without the breath. So when you are saying anxiety, what I don't want you to say is, oh, I got that from me, dad. If that's true, it's only 33% true. I don't know whether I believe it at all, but the science to say that it's not just, hereditary is not just 100% real. There's other factors. What you believe is a big factor. The environment that you live in is a big factor. Or the environment, the environments of people you hang around with is a factor. Is it uplifting? Is it beautiful? Is there beauty around the place? Is it natural? Is it dull? Your environment has a key part to play in a lot of what we're calling hereditary diseases or stuff that's passed down from your parents. So I just want you to be mindful of the blame and the excuse of, oh, I got that from me dad. You know, I know I did because even all of my brothers have it. We all have it. Where where do you have it? Where do you have it? It's taught. I'm being a little bit, you know what I mean, you know, provocative here. I just had this conversation and it was a beautiful conversation. And if you hear this podcast, bro, big love. Yeah, I could only take it as far as I could go in the in the situation that we were in right now. But it, I, I enjoyed having the conversation. It's just that as men... It's easy to say, oh no, I have my anxiety, my doctor's looking after it, I'm getting professional support and professional help. It's, it's, I got it from my dad. You know, definitely all my brothers have it. You're getting professional advice. Do you realise that that profession's only around about 100 years? And uh, that profession tends to want to do one thing with you, which is medicate you. And convince you, using another toward of the poi, your beliefs... So you got a tort that may be true about hereditary diseases or 
mental health problems that can be passed down through the, through the, through the DNA, the 501s, the genes. So we've got genes, we've got beliefs, and we've got environment. Bruce Lipton's work, The Power of Belief, he does a lot of work on this. Forgive me if I'm getting the statistics wrong, but just know that there's more to the fact of the matter when it comes to saying, I got this from my parents. Yeah, Monomi, his dad had it. Okay, bro, so the, 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 the anxiety that you're speaking of and the profession that you're speaking of, the profession is around 100 years. I've been there, done that. I've studied the mind and everything about it and all the internals. I didn't have this conversation with him. I'm just giving you some context. I've studied the mind since 2011 when I was told that I had clinical, I was clinically depressed and I was lacking serotonin and I had anxiety. And anxiety was happening, should I say. I didn't have anxiety. Anxiety was happening. Panic was happening. Overthinking was happening. And it was a beautiful thing because it brought me to uh, clarity. It brought me to purpose. It brought me to saturation points. So I began to look inwards. It, it wasn't a bad thing. It was It was not enjoyable. It wasn't nice at the time. At the same time, it was feedback from my body saying, Mayday, alert, something's wrong over here. We can't keep going like this. Something's got to give. Diet, lifestyle, way of thinking, career. There's many different things that could be producing anxiety. But if we're going to go, oh, my doctor just said I have it because my dad had it. I'm just going to have it forever. I'm just going to have it. That's it. I have it. That's it. I have it. It's under my bed. If I need more, just grab more. Pay, the, pay it all over me like shea butter. Just rub me anxiety all over me. Mitsu. <laughs> I don't believe you can have anxiety. Anxiety can happen in the body, which is feedback, which can be a good thing. Just be mindful of saying stuff like, I got it from me dad, I got it from me ma. In other words, it's their fault. It's kind of blaming it. It's kind of blaming there. Wouldn't fucking have this thing if it wasn't for them. None of us, none of me brothers, none of us, none of the family would have it if, if it wasn't for them. No, bro, there's some... I'm going to be, this is a podcast, so I'm going to play with how I can talk, which is sometimes, because I get, the beautiful thing, the way I see this is you get to take what is here for you in the comfort of your own ears. No one's noticing what you're listening to or what you're processing or what you're getting from this, because I'm definitely calling out some stuff. And I believe that you're here for the growth. I believe that you're here for that. So I'm playfully provoking and messing with, like, blame. And taking responsibility for herself. And then I'll bring in compassion and say. Everything for you young man. Speaking to myself at 25. Is a thought. Everything you know is thought. No wonder you're fucking anxious. No wonder you're overthinking. It's all you do is think. You need to learn how to feel. 10, 12 years later, you're still learning how to feel, John. So, hear that as well. <laughs> hear that as well. Information helped me intellectually understand what was happening in my emotions and in my feelings. The right information at the right time helped me address the, and heal certain different aspects of me to give me a good, full, comprehensive understanding. Most of the time, most of the day, what's going on with me? Good, bad and indifferent. Yesterday I spoke about beliefs and limitations and finding some of those and popping them and planting new seeds and watering those and doing new mantras and trusting life and life is always good to me. God is good to me, God is good to me and everything is always working out for me and my family. 
these mantras, these, these tests that I've went through has brought me to this level of clarity and this level of awareness in order to be able to share this stuff with you. But be mindful of the excuses that you're using to stay limited. Anxiety is not an excuse to not live. I know it's fearful and depending on where you are, I'm not making this light work. Believe me, I'm not making this light work. Let me drop it down a notch here. Like a, wherever you are on the spectrum of fear or the spectrum of anxiety or the spectrum of empowerment or the spectrum of spirituality and awakening and expanding your consciousness. See the way you're going from mental health to spiritual awakening? Mental and emotional fitness requires effort, energy, taw, rituals, journaling, morning walks, cold dips. There's different things that on some days must be done in order to break patterns. Sitting and getting comfortable in the unknown is way more scarier than me anxiety. So I get to keep me anxiety. I can keep it. Get away, get your hands off if I want. I gotta have me that. We all have I don't want to give it. I want to share it. I don't want to give it to you. I don't want it to go away. Because what's underneath all of those thoughts and those excuses and reasons is trauma. <gasps> you mean to tell me I'm traumatized? Yeah, and that weight that you can't get off your hips is emotions. Am I being too crude here? Or do I have jurisdiction to do this because I've lost 14 kilograms I didn't lose them I shed 14 kg when I learned about the power of my mind the power of beliefs the law of attraction fasting yeah well then that's how you lost the way fasting Johnny no yes and no but no if you're coming at me like that because no means I realised when I was fasting how much I wanted to eat. Not because I was hungry. But because I didn't want to feel. Check this. I realized how much my body would attempt to be driven to the fridge by a thaw. E. E. Grab that. Oh, the smell of that's lovely. E, 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 E. Nine out of ten times it wasn't hunger that was driving the thaw or desire to eat. It was avoiding something. It was an un just something simple. Just something simple. It's not, you're not avoiding your bleeding trauma but in your everyday life. Like, like, it's not like that. It's more a case of like someone pulls out in front of you in traffic or something simple. You get to see if you're not eating, if you haven't got the option to snack. You get to see how many things trigger the desire to snack. So fasting, yes, you can shed weight fasting. But the big bulk of all of that weight that I've shed and never regained in the form of fat is down to, I'm convinced of this. This is, this is of no science to back this up, but I'm convinced that that was emotional weight. A lot of that was emotional weight. Now, there is some science and some healing modalities that was back up there. The hips are associated with wart. The heart and the lungs are associated with grief. I can get into that. I can, I can do body parts a little bit when it comes to certain things that are energetically stuck. Energy wants to move. 
So when we have weight on our hips, it's associated with self-worth and emotions. If we have that little spare toy or belly effect, it's that's in the areas of our lower chakras and it's associated with self-esteem and self-worth and what we believe and think about ourselves. So it gets deep. I'm not just talking about anxiety, right? I'm not just saying, oh yeah, don't take your meds. Because medicine has its place. I'm not making that wrong. What I am saying is be mindful of what you believe and what excuses you're giving yourself to stay stuck and stagnant. Because let me tell you this. If you've had a hard relationship breakup, if you've had a separation as a child, if you've had hard things happen in your life and there's a part of you that's holding on to grief or sadness or rejection or fear and that's compartmentalised in your body and being, who the fuck else can feel that for you? Let's be Who else can do your press-ups for you? Who else can feel and process your shit for you? Most people won't do this work because it requires effort, energy, time to integrate, downtime, rest days, maybe some fasting. Most people wait until their body makes them fast. When they can't eat, taste, smell, or go out of bed, the body will do what it needs to do. It's just sometimes we can support it by skipping breakfast. Break fast, skipping the break fast, breaking the fast later in the day. We're always fasting. We fast for 8-10 hours every night. It's just that most of the time our stomach never gets empty because by the time we have our last meal and by the time we have our fourth meal, the stomach never gets to get empty. Play with that. Experience skipping breakfast, eating in an 8-hour window. Play with all this stuff. Enhance your life. Why not? Why not? What have you got to lose? Belly fat? What have you got to lose? Your anxiety? What have you got to lose? Some mental health labels that you're just clinging on to? In order to stay stuck, stagnant and the same and keep regurgitating the same old stories? I'm playfully prodding you to get better. I'm playfully prodding you to expand your awareness, to go on a fucking journey of hiring a coach, go on a journey of going to a seminar, go on a journey of reading books on fasting, go on a journey of Starting to do press-ups. I can't do press-ups. Well, start on your knees. Do something. This podcast was inspired by a man in the sauna. This podcast is going to land on spiritual people's ears and layman's ears based off of the caption. I want you to hear what I'm saying and take what works and drop the rest. Take what works and drop the rest. There's a method to my madness. I trust you can feel that. I trust you can feel what I'm doing. I'm still figuring out where this is going and who's listening and how I can get better. So bear with me. Enjoy the process. Enjoy your process. I hope you have an epic day. I hope this message finds you well. I trust this message finds you well. I trust you feel good. I trust you've learned something. And I look forward to seeing you, meeting you, hearing you, hearing about it in the flesh or in the in the future. <sighs> Deep breath, let it go. Anxiety is allowed to be here in this moment. Get the lessons, get the blessings. Turn your mess into your message. Speak soon.